Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I am bringing you honor and glory. We just worship you, Jesus. We just worship you, Jesus. We worship you and praise you, Heavenly Father. Father, you are so good to us. We magnify you. Let the words that we speak magnify you. Let our lifestyle magnify you. In Jesus' precious mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. I might call Pastor Molina, so you better be ready, girl. You know, sometimes you just want to go, you sense something uh, is in the air, particularly within the uh, the times that we live in. Uh, because of the times that we live in, it's, it's going to require, how many of you know, a, a lot more time in the Spirit. Amen. And so when, anytime we get in the Word, we got to recognize that we're spending time in the Spirit. It's just one aspect of spending time in the Spirit. And... Um, I've been uh, on this uh, bit of a roll lately. I shouldn't say a bit of a roll, but lately I've been um, getting in the Word and finding some things that I've been wanting to preach on. And uh, sometimes you just want to get something settled on the inside of your heart before you uh, preach on some of these things. And and oftentimes when you get like, like, how should I say, when the Word gets on the inside of you, and sometimes you feel like you're impregnated with that Word, you feel like you've received that rhema Word, What's that rhema word? It's that living word. It's that word that, that, uh, that, that when times get tough, you can put your arms around and hold on to it. Amen. And so this evening, I think we're going to get into some rhema words. Amen. For you and I. Because uh, we, like we said last a couple weeks ago, you know, faith doesn't come having heard it once. Hear men? Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We, we, we can't get satisfied. Well, I heard the, the message of faith once. I, I, Pastor, you don't understand. I think I got this faith business done. Down. No, the faith business is a life of, of, of God's business. Amen. Amen. And um, Hebrews 11, 11, 6 says this, that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All right. Notice something here. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him, that must mean that we, we can have faith. That means faith should be the something that we have desired to have more of. Um, it's sort of like when you're a teenage kid and you're growing up as a teenager or, or, or even as a youth. One day, like, well, when I get bigger, I can't wait. I'm going to get my own driver's license, right? Uh, you know, what are you, what are you, what is the intention? Um, as, as, as you're growing and developing, you don't want to stay the same person. Like a little kid, you, you want to enjoy some of those freedoms. And see, when you get into faith, you get into the expression of freedom. Because without faith, there is no expression of true freedom. People say, I, I, you know, I'm free. I want to live free. I want to worship free. Well, there's no freedom without faith. And you have to have faith if you really want the full expression of freedom. And now I'm not talking about freedom where just kind of like being weird freedom, you know, because you got some folks out there, you know, I just I want to be free in my worship. You know, they want to do, I'm not going to say, but for lack of, for just, just give people their dignity or whatever that, that want to do things a little different that maybe we're used to. 
But um, I will say this, that, that the type of freedom that we're talking about is a type of freedom where you are not lo- no longer being slowed down by the works of the enemy, where you're confident to use your authority as a believer, believer where you're the freedom where you don't have to be sick, you don't have to live in lack, you don't have to live a life where you're going from relationship to relationship, living by paycheck by paycheck. Right. So that's that's the type of freedom that we're talking about. Amen. Where the, the, the freedom that you have is where you're feel, where where you're you're healthy on the inside, not just what we said, healing on the outside, but free on the inside, free in your emotions, where, where you're you're not being you're not being tossed around by by every drama that's taking place outside in the world. Amen. So when we understand freedom and understand where it comes from, then then we can regard it in such a way that we give it respect and we're not we're not using it as a, a as a license to live a particular way. Amen. So let's open our Bibles this evening over to John chapter one. Again, we're we're just laying a foundation right now. John chapter one. One of the things I, I I've been spending a lot of time uh, in my personal reading of John. Um John is a phenomenal man of God. He was perhaps, some scholars have said he was probably the youngest of all the uh, apostles. Um, in fact, he was James's, uh, was his uh, sibling. It mentions his mom and dad. It's the only part where scripture you'll see where it mentions his mother and father. And uh, you, you also hear a story, and he was also with John the Baptist. So you see references, you kind of see, here he is with John the Baptist. One minute he's with John the Baptist, and he gets introduced to Jesus. And what does he do? He follows Jesus. Yeah. And so seeing Jesus marked him because, because the man who directed his life. Yeah. Who directed his life? John the Baptist. John, he had a man of God involved in his life that directed him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And see, if we want proper direction, we're going to need to have... How should I say? We're going to have to have a better understanding of what it means to be connected to the man of God that God's given us. He understood his relationship. He understood that where he was being aimed at. He understood that. He did, he understood when when his master told him, "This is the Messiah. This is this is the Lamb of God. This is one whom the dove will settle upon." And so when Jaw saw it, he wasn't looking opportunity to get out. Right. He was like an arrow being shot out of John the Baptist's quiver, and just boop, and he's stuck. Him and his brother James say, that's him. Yes. See, you've got to have enough sense that when you hear the things of faith and you recognize the anointing, that you, you make movement with it. Amen. It's not enough just to hear about the anointing and I want, a, I want an impartation, but you've got to move with the impartation. And see, these young men, they didn't just sit there and listen, I want an impartation. Yeah. They made movement with it. They made the transition from, from living a particular way to going even further with God. And scholars said, you know, he, he was the youngest because there were certain types of things that he remembers. See, and here's the thing I really love about John. I'll just be, just be very frank. John is, when you're young, you remember the best of people. You don't even want to talk, even if somebody did something, you don't want to talk about because... You're young. You, you like that person. So you're not going to put anybody on blast. So we, when you hear certain stories, John just has a certain way of talking about people. And it's usually within, within a very caring and a very loving way. Why do I point this out? Because John was last apostle to make it 
that was not martyred. And I'm telling you that your love walk, your love walk as a believer will control. It will be the one thing that will earmark your longevity. Do you hear what I'm saying? People want to have longevity. People want to live a prosperous life. But it's not enough if we're not walking in love. We're not being exempt. John was a pillar of love. And what does a pillar of love recognize? He recognizes who Jesus is. Amen? That's why when we read over here in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. Notice something. He had it already settled his place in relationship to the word of God and his relationship as to as to who was the word of God. He recognized his place. He recognized God's place. He recognized that through the position that he had, you know, it's not enough for you to recognize that Jesus is Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not enough that you recognize Jesus is Lord. It's, it's, is he your Savior or, and, and your Lord? Or is he just your Savior and not your Lord? Because far too often people make him just their Savior. That's it. They, they, they come to church. They'll, they'll get baptized. and oh, I'm, I've got my, I got my fire insurance, right? And so they'll, they'll move on. And yet God says, wait, wait. There's more of a relationship. And see, John recognizes. He says, in the beginning was the word. In other words, when I met Jesus, I settled. This is the word. Come on. I'll tell you what. Once you start to settle down, understand who Jesus is. He is the word. Then you recognize that he's the very DNA of God. We know what DNA is. We know that it, it, it is the construct and the fiber that holds everything together, right? Jesus is the word. He's the thing that holds it all together. He's the one that brings salvation to you and I. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Boy, I just tell you, I mean, you start to understand at such a young age, that revelation uh, from a man of longevity. He settled it in his heart. You got to settle in your heart. Is, is he the word from the beginning? Is he the, is he the construct? Is he the thing that, that forms? See, it's just a, it, all these are facts. He hits you with the fact. In the yeah. beginning was the word. The word was God. Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. And the word was God. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, you, you start to understand some of that, some of that right there. Then you start to, you start to re- recognize that anytime you hold that Bible, that you are looking at the very DNA of your fa- heavenly father. The very DNA. His DNA. Written down on paper. You're looking at God himself when you look at his word. A lot of people wanted to see that word. They didn't get to see the word that you saw. People prophesied for centuries about Jesus and didn't get to see or or even hold the word or or even got to understand what faith was or to understand what what, what, what would the outcome of faith be. No idea. But you saw it. You saw it the day you made a decision to make a movement towards Christ. But you see, his, the, the relationship wasn't just designed to be partway. It was, it, was, it was designed to have a long-term effect on you. Right. Amen? Yeah. So when we have a relationship with God, it's long-term. Yeah. Right. And the scripture says over here in, the, in verse 2, it says, He was in the beginning with God. Who was in the beginning with God? Jesus was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, Jesus was a partner. Jesus was a partner. That's why when Jesus puts spit, spittle in a man's eyes, spits in a man's eyes and says, go wash. All right, he led him to Bethesda. He walked with a man Bethesda, took him out of town, spit in his eyes. I don't want nobody spitting on me. If Jesus wants to going to spit on you, you're going to say, spit on me, Jesus. Because you know there's healing involved with that. But you only know it now. They didn't know it then. You, you have the benefit of knowing that when, if Jesus is willing to put something on you, that you best well take it because you recognize the benefit now, afterwards. And far too many people are waiting to see something happen before it happens. That, and let me tell you right now, that is not faith. Waiting to see something happen now is not faith. It's not. Talking ugly about it. Well, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. We'll bet one of these days it's going to be the way it used to be. No, that is not faith. Right. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was what? It, everything was made that was not made apart from Jesus. The mountains were made. Jesus was there. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Jesus walked the earth with God yeah. through Porterville. Nothing was made without him. Why? Because there was an attention to detail. Come on, amen. There was an attention to, and if there was attention to detail, there was an attention of one day uh, Marcus is going to live right here. One day, Pastor Malia, one, one day, one day they're going to live there. I'm gonna, I go to prepare a place for them now. Yes, amen. He didn't do it later. He did it in the beginning of found, uh, before the foundations of the world were ever laid. Right. He had already prepared a place for you and I. I mean, he's, he knows your beginning. He knows your end. He knows it. Yes, he does. That's so good. All he's waiting for is your agreement with his plan for your life. You can either take the plan that he's provided you, that has, that has the resources, it has the ability, it has the talent, it has the undiscovered uh, things that God has already put, pre- prepared for you. But if you don't want that plan, then it just sits there. Like grandma's Bible, collecting dust. <laughs> Out on the, on the table. And, she, and she's named it Old Dusty. Because she, she don't visit it. But I'm going to tell you, the beginning was the Word. Right. And see, if, she, if, if mama starts putting that Word into action, she starts putting it in her heart, things will start to change. Yeah. Things will start to change. Right. You start putting that Word to work, start putting it in your mouth, start yeah. speaking the Word, it'll work. It'll work for you each and every time. You don't, need to, you don't need people to get you stirred up when it comes to the things of faith because you're already you're self-stirred. David stirred himself up. I said, David, without the Holy Ghost, without the Holy Ghost, without no other scriptures to lean on, encouraged himself, stirred himself up, got in the face of God and said, God, please help me. Rescue me. God, you're the God that delivers me. Even when there's no deliverance of him, he's calling him the God that delivers him. Yeah, that's right. Come on, praise God. Thank God there was enough people with faith to set 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 a precedence for you and I that that would create a lifestyle of how to live in the face of pressure. That's what all the book of Psalms is about. 
a man under pressure, and how God got him through. Thank God. And psalms are supposed to be songs. In other words, you're singing, you're, you're singing your way through the pressure. Come on. Amen. Come on. Woo. Come on. All these things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Why do you think you have light in on the inside of you? Well, I don't see no light. You're alive, aren't you? That's light, man. That's power. Every nuclear, every nuclear reaction requires an exchange, and then there's an exchange of power on the inside of that, that, that thing in order for it to, to receive energy. You have energy. You receive it through food. You receive it through the, your, the, your, your biological makeup that God has placed on the inside of you. This is really freaky. You know, you're, you know, you're 43% human. The other 57%, you're just dirt and microorganisms. That's pretty wild. And he worked with that. And he made it live. Yes. 43% human being. Can you imagine? You're like, I kind of figure that you should have seen some of the people I used to date. They were... <laughs> But here's the thing, you know, here's, here's your God, here's your Father. He takes you and He molds you and He creates. You think He knows something about you? Yeah. He breathed into your lungs. Yes. He gave you life. Yeah. He gave you the light on the inside, the light of life. Yeah. Come on. You ever see someone dead? Lights out. Nobody's home. Right. Nothing. They're gone. You can wave your hand in front of their face. Still looking straight ahead. They're not even looking. They're just gone, right? Spirit, where is the spirit? It's in the presence of God. If, if it made it right, if it did, made the, the, the right decision, it's in the right place. There ain't no gangster heaven. There's only, there's only the heavenly heavens. And it's reserved for those who've made a decision to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. And in verse 5, it says, And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's why you can't get upset when people, when you get born again, why people can't figure you out. Don't get upset because they can't figure out. Darkness cannot comprehend light. Why why are you going to church? Why are you making that changes? Uh They they don't understand. When when people aren't right with God, they can't comprehend why they're they're there. (laughs) Serious. They don't understand why, why people go to church. Uh-huh. Clueless. They're, they're in the fog. They're, the Bible says they're in darkness. Yeah. But once you're in the light, you're in the light. Right. And one thing I used to love, uh, you know, and once here's a, let me just say this because it's important. It's important to stay in that light. Yeah. Walking away from light is dangerous. Right. It's dangerous to walk away from light. It's important that we, you and I have a, a life where we're looking at the word to get light. Amen. And I love John, how he breaks the scriptures further or he gets more into the, the relationship between him and the word. But he says here in verse six, he said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Mind you, this is this is the apostle John writing about his his the man who set, sent him forth whose name was John. This man came for, for a witness, to bear witness of that light, that all through him might believe. 
He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That the, that the true light, which gives light to every man, man coming into the world, he has in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Now notice this. The world was made by him, but the world did not know him. It didn't, it didn't know its creation. It doesn't know who, who, who created him. It doesn't know him. But he's introduced. He, God chose a certain nation. You know, you know, the Jews were supposed to be the evangelists. Their job was to really ultimately, if you look at the older uh, the scriptures from behind, they have a part of the temple that was designed like, this is for the people who don't know God, but who can come freely so that they may get to know him, right? So, but technically they were supposed to be, they were supposed to be a nation of priests, but they never fulfilled that role at all. And God says, I'm going to turn, because you're not allowing other people in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this situation around. I'm going to call and over it says, I'm going to call the creepy things of this earth. I'm going to call the things in darkness out. I'm going to call uh, creatures from all, all around. And what, he's, what is God saying? He said, I'm, I, because you've restricted it, I'm, I'm not restricting God. I'm going to allow those who have thought they were restricted to have relationship with me. God has allowed you and I yeah. to be partakers of his light yeah, through right. his son, Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Come on. Well, that's some good news, kids. Yeah. You don't have to live in darkness. That's right. Come on. You don't have to live in darkness. Yeah. You know what it's like to go to bed without the lights on? Now and then I still run on, jump on the bed. No kidding. <laughs> uh, some of the kids really, really? <laughs> no, pastor doesn't do that anymore. Praise the Lord. I remember when I got delivered from that, I was 21. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's open our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse, verse 27. This is the point where Jesus had been rejected by those around him jesus who paul talked about who had who had john had spoken about who said this is the light and he jesus gave a lot of evidence of that he was he was the lord that he was messiah so here he is um, going through a lot of you know here's the thing god gives jesus an assignment and a lot of great things happen as a, res- as a result of that assignment. But not everybody was happy with him that he was completing those things that he was assigned. Right. People were upset because people were being healed on the Sabbath. Which shows you that healing on the Sabbath should have been happening. could have been happening anyways. There's tons of biblical evidence that Healing was always a part, it was always there, and it was always made available, right? So things are about to really get interesting here. And verse, I'm going to start up at verse 17, and, and it made, okay, here Jesus is reading, he's talking about the Spirit being upon him, verse 20, he closes the book uh, back and gives it back to the attendant, and then he says this in verse 21, 
Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all you who bore witness to him and marveled at this gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? In other words, already getting offended of who he is. He said to them, you will surely say with this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. What will you have done in Capernaum do also here in your country? And they said, and he said, as surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Now, just because that's the case, that doesn't mean that has to be that way. Do you hear what I'm saying? So I, I always tell people, you got to be really careful that you don't just re- reject people just because you know them. Because if there's an anointing on them, there's an anointing on them. There's people, right. I, I, you know, I may not have a close relation. I might, let's say, for example, I may not even like them, but I know they're anointed. And I'm not going to mess with them because I know they're anointed. Yeah. I'm not going to cross that line because I still honor that, that very fact that there's a call in that person's life. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then he said, as surely I say to you, okay, we already read that. In verse 25, he says, but, that, but I tell you, surely many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But none of them was Elijah sent except to a Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath. He's telling them, this was made available to you, and you guys didn't get it. But these people who who don't even go to church got it. Why do they get it? Well, you read the scriptures, you understand that they've made room. They listened to what the man of God told them. When the man of God showed up and said, go bring me all the vessels and we will turn them into wine or we'll turn them into oil, bring them all and fill it up and then you'll have a supply. The person obeyed and acted promptly, right? When Naaman the leopard was told to go wash into the Jordan, sure, he complained, but his servant talked him into it and she did it. And the result was his cleansing. Well, if I was them, you know, I would have done what the man of God said because you, like I said, you're going on the presumption that you would obey because you've heard, you know, the story afterwards, right? Right? But you're in the church and God's telling you, let's tithe, let's walk in love, let, let's, let's, let's do the word, let, let's believe, let's go reaching and get our healing today. Let's, let's respond to what the, the word of salvation that was preached today. Let, let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. Let, let miracles flow in the river church so that we may experience all of God's goodness. But we can turn it away if we so choose. We can say, oh, freedom's here. Freedom's here, but not allow freedom to be here. Because we're not doing the word. Freedom only comes when we do the word. Longevity only comes when you do the word. Freedom comes when you do the word. My kids didn't get the car keys as a result of them just being my children. They had, in order to get the freedom, they had to first show the responsibility and and the know-how that, one, they could operate the vehicle. Two, they had to have enough sense to operate that and follow the rules of the law. And third, then they had to test. They had to pass my laws, and then they had to pass the natural laws of the government. That's how they got freedom. 
They didn't just get freedom just because they were a son. They had to follow the steps of freedom. And the steps of freedom are in the doing of the word. Well, I want freedom. Not, not without the doing, you don't. Not without the doing, you don't. Well, I want to be healed. Not without washing your face, you don't. Not without, not without getting the touch of Jesus, you don't. We, we can't go around it. We can't just skirt around it and, you know. I just want the blessing. I got to be careful because there's something in my heart and I don't want to say it. Because, you know, you can come to church for all the wrong reasons, not pay attention, and then the prayer line comes, which is good. The prayer line comes, comes, and you come because you recognize there's anointing. That's good. But you're not wanting to do the word. You're, you, are, you are ultimately undermining yourself. God's not undermining you. You undermine yourself when you don't want to do the word. Freedom is not, not freedom. You know, I want, I'm free to just to live however I want to live. You're right. You are free to live however you want to live. But you're also free to suffer from the ramifications through your own decision making as well. And you can't blame God for your decisions that you make. God, why did you let me make this decision? That, you see how screwed that, uh, screwed that up that could be? Uh-huh. Melina, why did you l- let me yell at those people? I'm not with you at work. <laughs> Where weren't you here with me? You could have helped me. You could have stopped me. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. Un- again, unbalanced, yeah. unrealistic expectations, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Come on. Psalms 89, verse 34. Here's one thing that we must understand about the relationship that we have with the Lord, that we have a covenant. And in Psalms 89, verse 34, it says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. So, in other words, if he has established rules, precepts, ways of doing things, and even if you don't know them, the rules are still there. The concepts are still there. The the doings are still there. Well, I didn't know the rules will not get you a green light. In fact, I will say this. Sometimes I don't know the rules is sort of like gaslighting because you don't want to take responsibility over nothing. And you've allowed, people around you have allowed you to get away with that. Let's play this game over again. I didn't know the rules. Lie. <laughs> Liar. We've been playing this game around me for years. You know the rules. Are you holding? Are you holding? Yeah. Right? Well, I didn't know. I didn't hear. Does not, does not remove responsibility. From you to getting in the know. You have a Bible. You have opportunity to get in the know. You have preaching. That if you weren't there, you could still go back and listen and you could still get in the know. Uh You know, people who aren't here today, you know, they're still responsible to get in the know. Well, how was church? You better get in the know. Because there's some things that were left on that table. If you don't pick up at that table, you can't go around, oh, I don't know why I'm getting beat up. Well, maybe if you would have been there. Now, I'm not, 
I understand people have got work on today or whatnot, but I'm not going after people that aren't here today, okay? My, my whole point in saying that is, is that if you have a lifestyle where you're just not there, <laughs> then you've got to reflect, okay, what is going on? Why is my life suffering? A lack of participation will just bring frustration. Write that down. A lack of participation will bring only frustration. But I need to say, that's why we got to say to ourselves, I got to participate. John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came over to draw water, and, she, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away in the city, and the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Again, Jesus is talking not to, not to a Jew. He's talking to a non-Jew. Right? But she's at the right place at the right time. Amen? It's important that you become at the right place at the right time. If the Lord's there, you best show up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, if Jesus was there, I'd be there. Well, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name. There he is in the midst. Good. So how much more should you be there? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, not everybody knows it's a gift to God. He's talked to people that already were offended with him. Already offended with him. Because he, he told them the truth. He told them there was lepers, there was, there was all this thing going on, and you all missed it. I'm standing right here, and you're still missing it. And now he's telling her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, and who, who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. See, it's not enough to know that he's Jesus. It's not enough to know he's Jesus, but you've got to be wise enough to so give me some living water. Come on, come on. A lot of people are, are, are having a relationship with God, but they don't know how to ask from God. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to ask. They don't know they should ask of Jesus. Oh. They don't know that they can ask for G, from yes. Jesus. Yes. But Jesus is saying, if you knew who I was and you yeah. the gift that was sitting here, come you on. would ask, yeah. give me some living water. So how much more of us who are sitting here this yeah. evening yeah. ask right now, right. give me some living water. Will he not give you living water? Yes, Absolutely he will. Right. Bless God. I'm going to take off running myself. Boy, I don't preach myself happy right now. <laughs> I ain't kidding. I'm going to take off running. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Well, pastor, is that running? Yes, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you knew what I, what, I, what I was like before I had a relationship with the Lord, you'd understand why there's so much joy on the inside of me. Come on. If you would have known Tom before he got to know the Lord, you'd be like, man, I know God's good. Praise the Lord. Come on. John chapter 4. Oh, boy, we just read that. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, if you know the Lord, you're not going to get duped. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't going to get duped if you know the Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I know the exact day and time that, that Jesus is coming back. Did you know that? I knew that. He showed it to me. He goes, he gave it to me. I've got all this. And you said, Pastor, that ain't right. Well, how do you know that ain't right? Because in Matthew it says that no, but you know in the word yeah. that no man knows the day or the time. Right. So people started looking at some pastor. <laughs> you know that scripture, right? Yeah, I know I'm very high. But do you know some people that they'll, they'll see that? Run by it like, well, like they're special. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, we are special as far as, we, we, we are a lot, our specialty and who we are and, 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 and what he does is, is, is within the construct and the framework of the word. That's, right. that's where it's all built in. That's right. And that's where everything gets built up. That's right. So no matter how many dates people give you, yeah. but when the world happens, it's going to end. <laughs> I thought it was going to end this last time. And you giving me a new day? Oh, yeah, this is the standardized version. According, this calendar was slightly out because of this. Well, why didn't you figure that out the last time? Uh-huh. And, then they, and, then they, and then you just, all you do is this. You get milked. Uh-huh. Milked. Yeah. And the Bible clearly says, yep. if you see, if you're being taught properly, you, you understand that that's not true. Uh-huh. Right? So you know, um, a, a pastor friend of ours, they have what was, I think it's called like an invisible fence. And they put a collar around a, a shot. It's like a few you know what a fence, right? Everybody here knows them. Anybody dog who has a... I, I suggest you get one for your man. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. Invisible uh, <laughs> fence is like a little shot collar for a dog. So as long as that dog gets a certain distance, that thing's going to zap him. And after a while, they learn, whoa, I ain't getting that close. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to put invisible fence around your, in, in, around your life with the word. Yeah. That there are things I'm not going to cross. There's areas that I'm not going to, there's, an, there's, I'm going to live like this and I'm going to live in this box. Now I'm not going to say there's, you, you have to live a limited life because right. God will unlimit your life and he will right. take you into new exploits. Yeah, right. He will allow you to do things beyond your ability. Yeah. He, he'll make you qualified where you didn't think you were qualified. Yeah. I remember, I remember Pedro just got one word. Go sell real estate. The word of the Lord said, go sell. And it was, he, he's doing good. He's doing good in that framework because he got the word of the Lord on that. It, it was already confirmed uh, that was something that was already on the inside of him. See, you got to get, get confirmed on some things that the Lord's already put in your heart. But, it's, but if you're not doing the word, you will never find that. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, you won't find your place if you're not doing the word. Yeah. That's why it's so important. That you live in the framework of the word. Yeah. Stay there. It is safe. Right. It is safe. Yeah. It is safe to do the word. It is, it is safe to recognize that he is the word. That he's going to take care of you. Amen. He's going to take care of you at school. Yeah. He's going to take care of you when you're driving around, the sh- uh, around, driving around town. Or if you go out of town. Uh-huh. His, arm, his, promises are, his promises are not slack. That's right. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Hallelujah. It's important that I learn to say yes, it's important. It's important if you're if you ever go on a white raft water rafting. Has anybody ever done white water rafting? No? That someone said yes. You have. 
I've done one whitewater rafting with Pastor Melina. It was no bueno. She was going this way, I was going that way. That wasn't whitewater rafting. We were kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it with her. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. That's about as close as I think I've ever gotten to whitewater rafting right there. Yeah, close as I got. I was on the Shenandoah River in Virginia. I could say I was floating on the Shenandoah. It makes me sound like I'm really oaky right there. I was floating on the Shenandoah. And, you know, here's the thing. In order to get where we needed to go, we needed, we needed to come into agreement. And we needed to work together. And we learned we need to do a lot better of listening to one another. Let me just rephrase that. She does, needs to do a lot better listening to where I'm going. And follow me. Teasing. But, you know, when you learn to work together, there's a better flow. See, when you learn to flow with what the body of Christ is doing, there's a better flow. You get to where you need to go quicker. Without the frustration. Without the turtles looking back at you like, what are you doing? You guys don't know what you're doing. Right? Praise the Lord. Well, I love you. We love you. We're going to see you next Sunday. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.